Hi everyone, welcome to Illumination. My name is Adora Mbelu and I'm extremely passionate about helping people live a purposeful life. On this show, I'm going to be talking with so many amazing people whose journeys I hope will inspire you, will motivate you, and will empower you to do so many amazing things in this world because I believe that you were made for greatness. And so I want you to listen to all of this stuff and I want you to remind yourself that you are light. Today's guest, Godwin Tom, is a renowned talent manager, creative entrepreneur, and the CEO at I Manage Africa, which is a talent and events management company. Godwin Tom has worked with artists like MI, Wizkid, Wajay, Davido, Rooftop MCs, and many others. Godwin has a decade of experience in the entertainment industry with practical experience in marketing, public relations, image consulting, branding, and publishing. In addition to his roles within the entertainment industry, Godwin is a strong supporter of the development of youth. As a result, he has developed mentoring schemes that enable young men and women that are keen to join the industry. He's currently on his fifth edition of his talent management program. On this episode of Lumination, Godwin talks about his journey of service and leadership and how he has created value through it. Hey Godwin, it is awesome to have you on the show. Thanks Thank you so me. much for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we have a great relationship off screen yep. and hopefully on this conversation, we'll have a great relationship on here and people can really learn from yeah. your journey and the things that you're going to share. Um, you know, it's beautiful how you've tagged your journey 10 years at Lenner. Mm. It's quite ironic that now you're in a space where people will consider you an expert, mm. you know, and you still tag your journey 10 years of learning. Yeah. Tell me why. Um, because... Every time I thought I knew, I realized I didn't, right? And I felt it was better for me to continue to assume I didn't know when I speak to people, whether they're younger than me or they're my juniors at work. Um, I, w I learned more and I was able to listen more when I just focused on learning from them. Uh, the assumption that I had more to give was actually destroyed in uh, two three years ago mm. uh so i'd been doing well running my business or thought i was running my business and then i met my lawyers and they were like all right let's look at your books let's look at your your structure let's look at how your company is set up and then after a week they called me to the office and said shut it down um so i'd been doing this for eight seven years mm. And then someone says, shut it down. I just, I'm like, why? And then they showed me all the mistakes I had been doing with my taxes, all the mistakes I'd been making rather with my taxes, my, my business as a whole. And then that actually upset me because I had people I was learning from. Mm. <laughs> right. So I was, I had questions for them. Like what, so how is your business? Or were you lying to me or what was right. it? And I found that a lot of people before us didn't actually know what they were doing. Um, and that was a, that was a problem for me. And that was where it changed. And I thought the best way to approach this is to learn. And then I decided on a few things. So this is the first time I'm going to actually say this outside. I think I've mentioned it to you before. So there are five books or significant things I'm going to do, uh, in the course of my life. God, by God's grace. Right. Um, so if they're all books, they're going to be centered around five major things. So the first thing is, in anything you want to do, you learn. Right. Uh, when you decide what you want to, what career you want to p pursue, 
you go to school to learn. Um, after learning, you practice, right? And when you practice well enough, you begin to create solutions. Right? If you create enough solutions, it gives you relevance. And relevance brings wealth. So I'm still at learning. And so for me, it's before the next phase of what I'm about to do, which is to say, okay, now I've learned enough. What am I practicing? Do I really know myself to a point where I can begin to train a hundred people mm. to, to be themselves and to practice things that they need to do? That's the next phase of my life. And I'm not there yet. So the programs I do sort of is a training for mm. myself as well for that next phase. Mm, mm. You talk about um, learning, you know, and I feel like your journey has been uh, very descriptive mm. of, of learning. And that yeah. learning has mostly come from service yeah. because essentially as a talent manager, you're continuously serving other people. And, yeah. and I think that, that that is the mark of leadership, yeah. right? Is the ability to put your, to bench yourself mm. um, in many cases, yeah. you know, and allow other people to thrive yeah. on the support that you've created what has that experience been like for you in the sense that you know have, have there ever been times where you look at all of these people whose careers that you know that you've you've helped build um and and whose clouds you've built as well and influence and do you ever feel like do you ever feel frustrated so let me go there first do you ever do you ever feel frustrated in not in a negative way but in a sense of Oh, you can be doing this for yourself, right? And what has, how have you navigated that in the past? Um, I think the best way to describe this was the defining moments. Mm. Uh, so there was, when I was managing MI, I was speaking to quite a lot of brand managers and people in the industry. And when MI and I stopped working, they stopped taking my calls. And then, you know, I continued to struggle you know, did my thing, started up my, started up my company. Mm. Um, and then, you know, relatively above water. Mm. And then I started managing Whiskid and Waje and everybody started taking my calls again. I was back in the meetings, you know, and then Wiz and I stopped working and they stopped taking my calls again. And that's when it kind of hit me. And that's why I keep telling people that Wiz not working with me was a blessing because it was what I needed to sort of remind me or open my eyes to the fact that my brand and my name was attached to these people, mm. not me. So people didn't know Godwin Tom for the solutions he provided. People knew Godwin Tom, MI's manager, Godwin Tom, Whiskey's manager. For the association. For the association. So I focused more on building my own personal brand and creating solutions and values for these brands um, and that worked out. So that's how I navigated it. It got to a point where I felt like, you know, because if the artist has 2 million followers, you know, and there's a problem, mm. common sense dictates that mm. the, where the most noise would come from would be from the artist side. So I may not, my voice would be drowned. Mm. So what I focused on doing was finding a way that my voice was heard in the circles that mattered mm. and that has helped me a great deal so now i'm godwin tom so whoever i manage whoever i work with or my, any of my clients are opportunities open up for them because i am involved because mm. of what i bring to the table as opposed to well i'm waiting for a call mm. and doing whatever 
I'm told. Right. Okay, everyone wants to be a leader. Yeah. So when, when people hear that, you know, by leading, I have to actually like serve and put myself in positions yeah. that I'm not necessarily like comfortable with, right? Um, a lot of people tend to run away. And, and I feel like with talent management, for instance, it's one of those spaces where that happens a lot. Like someone says, I want to be a talent manager. But the moment that they step into that space yeah. and they realize that, it's not just about the artist shouting you out, <laughs> you know, I, or, you know, like it's not all, all bells and whistles, yeah. but there's actually like work that goes into it. I, right? I, have, a, I have a funny story right. that relates directly to that. So I put out a post once that I'm looking for people to work with me. This was 2013 on managing ways at mm. the time and watcher and the request came in crazy. Um, I think about 200 people applied to be part of it. And mm. then I set up like a meet to, to talk to them. And I think about a hundred plus came. And the first thing I started doing was telling them what the job wasn't. Right. Uh, so you won't meet Whiskid. <laughs> you won't meet Wajer. Uh, you're not going to go clubbing. Right. Uh, you might not even go to events unless you're needed. Um, I mean, as I was telling them what it was and people started leaving. Mm. Like, no, they didn't even wait for me to finish. They just started leaving, like, to hell with this. And then a few people who came on board. I remember one time we had a show and she she said to me, oh, that I, she, I told her, oh, I gave her some research work to do. And she's like, I've been here for a month. I've not even met the artist. And I was mm. like, you want to meet the artist? Say yes, okay, in due time. And then she's like, what about the show? And we getting tickets for the show. Like, no, what are you going to? I'm not going to the show to watch the show. Mm. I'm going to work. Yeah, I can work to know your intention is to go and watch the mm. show. You have no, if you want to go, feel free. So she's like, I was the benefit of even working here. So I counted her salary and gave it to her. To the, you know, you can take from that and watch the show and enjoy mm. it. But, you know, goodbye. Right. And and it, it's it's important that people know what the job is because there's a there are a lot of misconceptions mm. people watch entourage for example and tell you well can't you see that e is partying with vince and i'm like yeah you're watching the wrong thing right. wait till morning right see how e is panicking when he wakes up late and has missed nine calls from ari or is supposed to be in a meeting and he just woke up look how he panics mm. that's the job that's where it gets hard because vince doesn't need to be up at eight he does so understanding what your roles are and how you can play it would help a great deal. Are there days where you're like exhausted, but you still need to show up? Um, and you know, what, where do you, how do you look at that and still find passion and still find excitement in doing what you do? Um, yes, there are days when it's extremely frustrating. There are days when it's extremely tiring and exhausting, but there are also days when it's extremely rewarding and one of the things if you know anything about service or leadership in it in any sense is you have to be part you have to be on the ground mm. people earn respect in a king doesn't just become a king yes you were born into but there's a there are years of training that you're forced into mm. to prepare you to lead people and um there is a humbling effect if you really go through that process but there's also the fact that there's a level of confidence in your ability and that's more important. And there's somebody 
that I, I follow a lot, which is uh, Jordan Peterson. And, you know, he said something that really resonated. And he said, power is competent. And there's nothing that can take that from you. So going through the process actually builds competence. Mm. And that's what you need for leadership. You can't tell people to go in a direction you're not going. It's harder. It's harder mm. to convince them to do that unless you're a fraudster. True. <laughs> but it's harder to convince people to go in the direction you want them to go if you're not going in that direction. Mm. So um, it was, you know, being able to, and that's part of the reason why I still manage artists till today while I teach about mm. it because I know they say those who can do, those who can't teach. I believe that those who can should teach what they do. And it's really a situation for me where it's easy for me to tell an upcoming manager that you can you can pull off a show in London and pull off a show in Nigeria mm. by doing it and showing them reference. Yeah. So people often say that, you know, the music industry is like a man eats man world, right? Like, do you think that that's a fair perspective? And if not, like, what is your perspective? Of it? I think that anything worth attaining is difficult. Right. And because there are multiple people trying to get that, if you're not strong enough or, you know, the world in itself is a, is structured in a way that causes us to, to either fight each other for positions. Mm. Um, but I think that it's become worse mainly because people aren't as informed as they should be to recognize. So when there's a small opportunity, there are too many people trying to take it because people can't see beyond that mm. uh, so that's the bigger issue so in any in any sector of the economy uh attaining getting to the top and playing in a region where you can benefit from your work mm. is difficult to attain so it's 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 really about how people in the industry have actually turned it into um uh something where instead of focusing on growth they're focusing on holding that little piece mm. of the almanac mm. that they have and just on that map this is me and i can stay here instead of growing and one of the things i always tell people is too many times people that they're actually building supposed to be building they're fighting them they're trying mm. to stop them and that's a bigger problem so for me what i always say the true test of power and influence is in its distribution mm. it's not really about how much power you can hoard it's really about how much you can distribute because that puts you in multiple places at the same time. Your resilience is is beautiful to yeah. see because I've I've watched you, you know, literally get frustrated, build again, get frustrated, build again, and it's like a continuous, you know, cycle which I know now is like just go, gonna go yeah you know, way up. We're going all the way up. Right yeah, now. I mean the the best way to put it. Is, Two days ago, I took my, my wife mm -hmm. to, she, we took a drive. Mm -hmm. These are the different places I've lived in Lagos, uh, and from, from poverty right. <laughs> to where you've met me. And I, we went back to Ajegunle mm -hmm. and nothing has changed, right? So you can actually picture where you were when you were, where you were playing football, mm -hmm. picture where you were being chased. You can picture everything and, that's a reminder of why I keep saying I'm just grateful. Mm. So sometimes I meet a difficult situation and I remember a more difficult situation. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so it's bad, but it could have been worse and it could be better. So let me just, I, I will build again. Mm. And so now I've gotten used to 
if something breaks off, there are two reasons. If if you if you're placed on a tree, mm. right? If you fall, you can't get back up because you don't know what branches you stepped on to get there. Mm. But if you climbed, you can always get back up mm. on the tree, and that's the principle I live by. Mm. So it doesn't matter how many times I fail; I know my way back to where I failed. Mm. So I can just figure out what I did wrong, what what branch was weak, and 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 climb. There was a conversation that me and you had a couple months ago. Was yeah. it like maybe six months ago or so, where you were at that point where you weren't yeah. sure if you were gonna leave Nigeria? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Are you kind of like you know, am I gonna leave Nigeria or, or am I gonna stay? Um, and I watched you in that moment, like your heart obviously had the answer, yeah. right? But your mind was sort of like. Yeah, you know, would yeah, I do this? Sense of yes, and I feel like you know we'd had all these conversations where um, my natural response would be to say, "Dude, stay and let's you know build and do this and do that." But um, in that moment, I remember saying to you that you know what, Godwin, if you have to leave, yeah, just know that you've built enough skill sets, yeah. you've built you know the character the wisdom that you need in order to be able to thrive in yeah. any environment that you go go to yeah. you know like your global brand you're going to do well wherever you go and you know and i said that to you and i said to myself afterwards i was like you're supposed to say you should stay <laughs> why are you going to tell him you know give him the option but here's the thing a couple weeks later you're still here and i'm yeah. like <laughs> I, and i'm like he's still here he didn't yeah. go you know so um I, I wanted to just say you know what what was going through your mind right in that moment and you know what was the turning point where you said i'm, I'm not going to leave well um to be fair i'll just say god has his way of working things out um i was going to leave mm. but i wasn't leaving mainly because of work mm. it was a personal situation that i felt oh you know for me to keep what i what i thought i wanted mm. i needed to leave so that was a defining moment for me to start looking at everything that I was about to shut down. It was sort of like, why? You know, and I couldn't answer that question because, you know, the void, everything I was doing, I was building around someone and something else that I couldn't control. And that was a big concern for me. And it took me a couple, a couple of months to, to, sort of get my head together to begin to think again about how I wanted to rebuild and focus. So now I'm in, I'm in a space where, I mean, a lot of the training program conversations mm -hmm. popped up like two months mm -hmm. ago. Um, the, I'm working on a quite a, like, I don't, I'm shocked at how much I've been able to do in three months, mm -hmm. right? I'm completely astonished by just being able to, put my mind down and I know they say focus blinds mm. right so you're not seeing so much negativity mm. just because you're focused on making something work and making it happen and it's been it's been a journey when you talk about like the management program and all of the stuff that you want to do with it you know which which is stuff that I also know about yeah. um I'm sure you've got a lot of like no's on that journey as well like so as much as you've got yes you've also got quite quite when, a lot of no's you when, know when we when i started the it was initially called music business mm. series and i reached out to some of my eggbones mm. and i said look let's let's teach these younger guys um i i have some money i don't have a lot of money i don't have as much money as you guys but let's teach these young guys 
what they should do. We've made so many mistakes. We could have gotten this industry so much farther. And they were like, oh, nice idea, nice idea, nice idea. And then nobody took my calls again. You know, like, yeah, go on, go on, go on, do it yourself. And I remember speaking to someone and was like, if you have the knowledge, why don't you just use it for yourself? So I just did it myself. I just started doing it. I got so many no's, but then I treated it as a ratio thing. Mm. So for me, it was how many no's do I need to get one yes? Uh, I found in 2015, I found out that I wrote over 200 proposals, uh, wrote and sent over 200 proposals. And I think I got like four jobs, like from those proposals. The rest were just, oh, they calls for something else. But what I realized looking at it was a lot of the other conversations came off the proposal. So people weren't necessarily interested in what I was proposing, mm. but they saw an opportunity to work with me on stuff that they really wanted or felt like they they considered valuable. Mm. Uh, and that taught me a lesson. So for me, it was nothing is thrown away. If I don't get the job, I, I establish communication. And for me, it was ratios. Mm. So if I get 10 no's to one yes, that means for me to get 10 yeses, I need a hundred no's, right? No mm. problem. Let's knock on these doors. And that's how I treated business. That's how I treated my programs. So when I reach out to people and they say, no, I do it myself. At some point, you're going to come along and we're there now, you know, we're at the point where I'm having these conversations and people are saying, let's work together. Mm. I've gotten some calls in the last two weeks to a month that are like, ah, but I reached out. Okay, but thanks. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> you know, let's 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 talk. But yeah, it's it now it's it's gone to a point where there are more yeses because mm. I don't have to struggle as much, and that's the process. I mm. think you know for growth in anything, it's a process. Why are you doing this program? Um, I'll tell you a story. So hypothetically, there's a guy called Adi, right? Uh, shout out to all Adis. And Ade works for a company that sells Toyota cars. Mm. And he's worked there for 25 years, 30 years. That's all he knows how to do. He's read all the manuals, all the SUVs, the trucks, everything. And then there's a recession. So they let Ade go. Mm. But Ade knows nothing else. And he has to feed his family. So Ade sets, sets up a roadside mechanic shop. And some of the customers from the company... So, yeah, they follow Ade. Like mm. they come, Ade works on their car and it's working perfectly. Then they start telling their friends, oh, Ade did great with my car. Only problem is that now you're on the roadside. So you're, only, you're not only going to be treating Toyota cars, people are going to bring Mercedes, right. people are going to bring their, uh, their BMWs, their Mazdas, their Hondas. But Ade can't tell them he doesn't know how those work mm. right so he uses the same principles for the toyota for the rest of the cars so are they either mistakenly fixes your car or wrecks it right so you hear things like a guy blacks in a crankshaft he blacks right. in a uh, until some one of those two outcomes yeah. the bigger problem is that they has four apprentices who are learning this practice and they will never teach them everything so they're learning this thing and they're learning the wrong thing. So they learn how to lie to people. They learn how to guess with work. They, they learn not to do research. They don't know what it even means to do research, to find out what Mazda cars need and why they're different from Toyota. Um, and then these four people graduate and go and set up four roadside mechanic shops. 
and then they get four people each so we've gone from a day to 21 people right. and then what you now have to deal with is the fact that everybody over a period of 20 30 years we would have a web of a day mechanics spread across the country mm. just wrecking people's cars mm. that's the entertainment industry right now mm. we have people who came in simply because my friend made a hit song or i worked with this person as an intern but we're not sure if that person knows what they were doing mm. right and then they take whatever knowledge they have and i tested this when i hired staff i had two assistants but i had i wanted to run an experiment i hired one person i had experience in the music industry and i had one person who had no nothing, experience no experience and i realized that the person who had experience was struggling to work with me because my processes were different right and he got the 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 lady who still my assistant now was more receptive to information mm. so the other guy was already used to a certain way of doing things so i was changing so i had to unteach him and teach him again she didn't need to go through that process so she she got in quicker and i had to let the guy go but it was really an example of what the situation is in the industry we need but we can't keep finding where all the ideas have gone. Mm. So we need to actually build another army of informed people, mm. our own web of more informed people who are actually going into the market, asking these labels, coming in the right questions, mm. uh, finding ways to be more strategic about pushing their artists. Don't just release music. Why are you releasing the music? What are you trying to gain? What's the strategic outcome? Is it followership? Is it money? Is it uh, PR? Like, what are you trying to achieve? If we can get more people thinking like that, the industry will be better for it. You know, and I also even think that we need to unlearn what it means to be a talent manager. Yeah. Because we're in a market where um, a lot of times when people think of talent management, they just equate it to being a PA, yeah. a personal assistant. And um, a lot of artists um, as well in the industry are really most times looking for a PA, mm. but then say, you know, come and be my manager or in some artist case they're looking for an for a, a manager but then they end up getting yeah. someone who's just going to focus on doing pa activities in my experience i've learned that artists don't know what they want yet mm. right yet and i say yet until they they see it so for an artist they want revenue they want value mm. right most times i mean let's say artist manager a manager b on tuesday hot tuesday afternoon mm. right manager a is playing video game with the artist at home right manager b is up at nigerian bureaus and diageo and he's trying to get a meeting he's fighting to get something he's looking at industry night he's trying to find opportunities for the artist if the artist wants to eat a while going he sends manager a not b mm. and that's part of the problem that people are failing to understand many managers will say ah the artist is unreasonable but are you bringing in any value mm. if i'm making money i remember one of my clients said to me um you don't even hang out with me you don't come to and i was like but if i'm with you till 2 a.m 3 a.m in the studio every day i can't do that every day mm. if i'm with you every day in the studio then there's a problem because i can't get up at eight to go for a meeting that will bring money to your pocket so you can put diesel in your gen and record in your studio and you know a lot of my clients understand that with me so i don't travel with them unless it's absolutely necessary or if i want to go 
um i i don't we don't mingle we're not friends mm. you know we build relationship over a period of time but we recognize that what builds our friendship is my ability to add value mm. and if i don't add value you're going to fire me no matter how friendly we are with each other right. which is where people are upset you know you don't add value you and the guy are friends mm. but the guy is looking for how to advance his career and some for, for most situations the artist would rather keep your friendship mm. than than lose right. it so it's like look i need money so let's be guys let me go and find who can make me the money but if you're growing and advancing and yeah. creating more value for yourself you will gradually shed that concept of being a houseboy because even the artist would be afraid. I've, I've said it myself it's going to be hard for my clients to ask me to buy them food mm. like you can't even it won't cross your mind and yeah. if i do it will be because you know maybe i'm coming to a you. brand which yeah. is which is really solid yeah. you know i mean anyone who asks you to buy excuse me we'll go <laughs> after them but it's also it, but <laughs> right? it, it, it's so. it's 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 mainly about the work yeah no, right the value um, yeah i have yeah. i have people that have attended my training programs and i see them running workshops yeah. and i had to call one once and i was like please what are you talking about because i didn't tell you stories mm-hmm. i told you experiences i shared experiences things i've learned going through this navigating this difficult i've sat in meetings for four hours or not in meetings sat in reception for four hours to get a three hundred thousand naira check right and i've met a manager who sat for an hour his artist just made a nice song recently i sat for an hour and was complaining like can you imagine this and i had to call him i said so okay you were there for an hour i said yes yeah. what's the name of the receptionist mm-hmm. like what's my business with the receptionist I was like that's the problem because you are so much in your head about who your artist is your identity is so tied to the artist that the things that should upset the artist is ups- they're upsetting you yeah, right. right you have no business being upset you're being asked to wait that's kind of part of the job and as you build your reputation and build your relationships those waiting hours reduce you know there are times when i don't go to an office if i've not spoken to the brand manager to tell him i'm coming so i know that by the time i get there i'm meeting the brand manager the head of marketing the director they're not going to keep me at the reception waiting but it took a while and the truth is some of those guys at some point were just regular office staff Mm. when when i started going there now they've risen up the ranks and they're now brand managers or in positions to get me through the door. You don't see that. You know what I mean? You you just see me walking through the meeting, through the door and go straight to the office. But you don't see the relationships I've mm-hmm. built. I mean, there's the importance of building human connection. Exactly. It's that human connection that as we grow, we grow. Exactly. You know, exactly. so everyone kind of grows together. Yeah. And it's like if you've built the connection, depending, um, regardless of the level that you've built it on, yeah. knowing that that person's going to grow into something and then you're going to grow with them, yeah. right? And then you can leverage those relationships. Yeah, but also well. the fact that you're a horrible person if you, right. if, if you, if you sit in a place for one hour with someone and don't even ask their name you know what i mean like it, it says more about your character yeah. and and i was telling somebody the other day i said to him that um if you check my phone you see quite a lot of drivers and gate men and receptionists the reason is i actually speak to them mm-hmm. and you'd be shocked at the amount of information that they're willing to give you just because you were nice yeah. just because you bought granite and sat with the gate man he'll tell you when a guy's coming to the house and it's just building that connection with people and respecting them yeah. respecting the job they do they see you driving in a car but you're actually coming to sit down with them yeah. to ask them 
what are you up to is your child i've so i've been impressed by so many security guards right i mean and it's not too far because my father was a driver mm-hmm. right but i've started with security guards and they're on twenty-five thousand dollars salary are putting their kids through school mm-hmm. and staying hungry and their pride is that my son is in university mm-hmm. and they're so happy to tell you and when you meet people like that and you just say oh you know just a little bit of respect mm. for the effort that they're putting into the work they do they actually appreciate you and they're willing to give you information when you ask yeah. people miss that point um i want to bring it back to your your health right? yes because there was a point where um you know you had started just talking about the importance of health being wealth right? yeah and and i think that that's something we don't talk about enough like there is this hustle mentality yeah. you know that comes with entrepreneurship and doing amazing work it's like you gotta hustle till you yeah. die pretty much <laughs> yeah. you know and i think very few people get to a point where they understand that i need energy yeah. and like my energy needs to be right in order for me to really attain and accomplish the things that i want to accomplish yeah. um and and there was a moment you know for you and i think you sort of while you were going through that moment you were sharing a lot of it was that realization that you know what i need to bring this back to myself yeah. right and and yes i'm trying to save the world but i need to make sure that i'm i'm taking care of myself and and i know that you started to take even this take it a step further and you started working out you saw like you know the health coach yeah. that you were talking to i remember you told me that story and it was just beautiful so i just wanted you to talk a little bit about you know that moment where you realized that you know my health is important to me my life is important to me and you know how you took those steps um okay so i think initially it was just fatigue i was just getting tired and then i was dealing with a certain level of uh um i wasn't very aware of too many things and you know things like depression was was setting in and i wasn't in control of my emotions i wasn't in control of how i was reacting to things and i felt i needed some help but you know you get a wake up call when you when you when you get a heart attack you know what i mean <laughs> you know so it's like it's mild but it's there like there are chances that you could die if you don't slow down and one thing i realized was life went on you know i i was i was out of commission for about 2 weeks or so i couldn't do anything i couldn't do much but the artists still needed to eat they didn't move on because they didn't think I was valuable. They moved on because they had to. They have to eat. They have to pay their rent. They have to pay school fees. There were, there were bills. And just because Godwin is not available doesn't mean we're going to stop. And that was it. Like, if I'm not available, these people will figure out a way to move on. So I started paying a lot more attention to myself. Um, and funny thing, things began to change because i have i was able now i can rest i can think i can come up with solutions i have um set up mechanisms to 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 save my body mm. from shutting down and that helps me with work i'm i'm more focused when i'm working i have i know okay i'm going to zone out i'm sitting down i'm doing this after that i just the times when i do things like uh play games on my phone candy crush or something right. and just take 10 minutes off when work is stressing me out just take 10 minutes off just play and then go back to it just just finding those little things that help me and then going to bed drinking water changing how i eat it sounds like 
you are body are being yeah but it, you don't it's not but necessarily that yourself. it's just it's just learning that this works for me mm-hmm. and and i felt it was important for more people and i remember when i opened up to dealing with depression i got so many messages from people people just telling me what they were going through and at some point i had to close that door for a little bit because either you get to a point where you now start carrying too many other people's issues and you forget that you need to take care of yourself as well but generally it was just realizing that people will move on so if you want to be more useful to people you need to have good health if you want to be here long enough to be useful for a long amount of time you have to actually stop for a bit and rest and mm. that helped that helped that helped me a great deal mm. yeah i mean i feel like yeah people need to actually get to a point where they can just pause yeah. and just take care of themselves yeah. you know and and i love that you share that a lot because i feel like more and more people need to hear that especially from people like us i, I think also <laughs> you know? also it's because too many people live in this struggle mentality everybody's hustling and the problem with hustling is you can't this if you're if you're living in survival mode it's hard to think the only thing you're thinking about is how do i eat how do I make money to eat? Mm. How do I make money to feed? How, and you can't think clearly about, you can't think 10 years ahead. You can't think five years ahead because all you're thinking about is how we eat tomorrow mm. or today. And I think that's a bigger problem because people don't realize that they haven't stopped mm. for one year to take a breath, mm. to take a, to take a breather. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's, I, I think I wrote recently that, you know, just because you're tired doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you need to rest. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And if you just take take time to breathe, slow down a little sometimes and just take it in and then you can run again. If you're running that way, you're gonna get tired and you're gonna you're gonna break down. Yeah. So it's it's just learning that survival survival mode is not the best way. You know, I know you don't have all the money, but you know, do your best to to chill, stop for a bit. Um, now just so that we can kind of take this full circle, um, where do you see all of this leading up to? Like, so, you know, for you, like when you think about your vision and you think about, you know, the goals that you need to accomplish Mm. to get to this vision, what do you actually see? Um, some of it, you know, a large part of it is selfish. Mm. Um, and I say this because one of the most important goals of my life is to be able to tell my kids how I made every single piece of money mm. I've made in my life. I want to be able to tell my kids how I made my first 1K, 10K, 100K, 1 million, 10 million, 100 million. I want to be able to confidently tell them how that was done. And so that is very important to me, being able to have integrity that my kids can can look at and say, okay, so we can we have a path mm. and we can build ours we can set our own path but we have one that we can follow that will guide um so that's the main reason i do what i do but in terms of leaving a legacy in the industry because this is people are like do you have the brain to do anything you want to do you can join any company i, I mean i even there was a time i was frustrated and i applied to some companies mm. and I actually got the jobs mm. um but i just decided that if I'm going to anything worth building takes time and it, it will take a lot from you as well. So 
I want to be able to say, look, I was part of a team of people. I was because one person can't do it himself, but I was part of a group of people around a particular time that created solutions that have that have outlived us. Mm-hmm. You know that my kids can, even if they don't decide to go in this direction, they can always say, well, my dad did that and reference, and they can go to meetings and get some doors open for them simply because of the work that I've done. That's beautiful. Where can mm. people find you online? Um, Godwin Tom at Godwin Tom Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn is Godwin Tom. I'm easy to find, man. Because <laughs> I know everyone's going to be looking out for you after yeah. this. So yeah, I'm um, easy to find. Godwin Tom everywhere. What's up, Lumination Tribe? Subscribe to this channel for more insightful and impactful learning. Check out our website, luminaworld.com, for show episodes, resources, and events. Let's continue this journey of growth.